I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, welcome back to Brooko Mode for episode 32. I'm joined by Tate Robertson. Hey, mate. Good to be back on the pod. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Best guest to come back two times, is that right? Uh, No, I've had Spencer. Oh, fuck. Spencer come back on. And um, obviously the Jet series, but yeah, close. (laughs) Um, So this episode, we'll be going through a bit of the nine to five lifestyle with Tate Robertson. Um, I think for me, I've never really worked a full-time job, so I'm sort of interested to hear his insights and then got a pretty young audience. So I think some of this stuff will be quite valuable for people going into full-time work. So I think a global study found more than 70% of people were unhappy with their job and more than 85% were not engaged with their work. We're in a world where the richest 1% have more than half of the wealth. So if you put 100 people into a room and said, let's share all of the resources, one person would take half of the resources. That's what the world is sort of like. So we're sort of slaved away at these jobs where a lot of people don't like, they're not engaged with it. Um, so it's, it's not really a surprise that so many people are struggling. So my first question is, are you happy with your job and are you engaged with your work? I'm definitely happy with what, where I'm working at the moment. Um, pretty blessed to have such like a great team to be working in. So I think that you can definitely say that um, if you're not working in an environment that's um, like conducive to like good teamwork and having um, like the right people around then you're not going to get the results required and then it's also very difficult to actually enjoy your work um so i guess it comes down to people you're working with um and having a good um environment as well to work in um so yeah for me that's what's been great with my work um tell the tell the audience what you do for your job so i work um id athletics so shout out to id athletic um we do sports uniforms, corporate uniforms. Um, so we, we do a lot of work with um, basketball teams, footy, cricket. Um, 
So yeah, so lots of different things. And I, I do graphic design and moving into e-commerce role. So um, looking to make it easier for clubs to order their online merch. Um, yeah, so just try and take it out of the club's hands and um, make it so that it's like a stress-free um, experience for um, the clubs so that they don't – because they're run with volunteers and volunteers obviously – very time poor, so I think that we can make service that's going to be beneficial for club members and then also um, the volunteers. So it's always too f- left to too few. So hopefully, it can make it easier for them. How important do you think it is to be engaged with work that you're really passionate about? Because a lot of people, you know, get out of high school, go into trades, go into jobs, go to university, and sort of get forced into the workforce, but you're able to combine a few passions, your creativity um, with designing and also sports. So do you think that plays an important role in the fact that you do love your work? Yeah, absolutely. So good thing is I've started at university um, and then decided that the course I was going through wasn't for me. So I was lucky to kind of fall into the role that I'm currently doing. Um, And that was probably because it ended up being something that I was actually passionate about. So... um, I'm happy to work nine to five job because it's something that I actually enjoy and it's obviously it's in the sports industry which makes it better as well and also something that I've kind of like always had an interest in like the sports uniform sort of stuff since I was I was a kid. Um, but yeah, just falling into a role, I, I guess it just shows that like sometimes things happen for a reason. It's just like about saying yes to opportunities when they happen and when they come in front of you. Um, and then, yeah, see, see what happens from there. I feel like with the whole nine to five thing, a lot of people say, oh, there's no time to do anything I really want. But you're able to do a lot of things um, outside of your nine to five work. So how do you fit all of this stuff into your life? Yeah, I guess it's, it all comes down to like time management and planning. So I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this. So um, I'll before before I came onto the pod, um, I spoke to um, beautiful girlfriend Sophie <laughs> about um, what we're going to talk about, and so she said, "Oh, well, you you spend a lot of extra time at work, so you're an expert on time management." So yeah, I'm no no expert, but I think once you plan out your day um, and know like what you need to achieve, then it makes it a lot easier to like get the tasks done that you require um, and then have finished like an honest day's work. And then obviously that allows you to have the balance, not be stressed. And then like once you finish your work for the day, it's time to do other things as well. So um, yeah, just, I think for me, like a bit of planning always takes a bit of stress away um, and that will always lead to more opportunities to do things that you also enjoy outside of work. What sort of motivates you to focus and be engaged? Because a lot of the time with creative work, there isn't like, it's not like you're laying bricks or moving things on a work site. There's a bit of creative freedom. So yep. how do you sort of get engaged in that mind when um, there is a bit of freedom with what you do? I think, yeah, it depends on like the task, I guess. Um, and also I'll go back to the team aspect sort of thing. So like a lot of the work... Um, is driven by um, the team so always like using other people's ideas collaborating 
um, and then also collaborating with um, like the club members and stuff like that um, makes it like engaging and um, able to work in that sort of space. Um, I think like motivation wise, like you've kind of that's got to come from within, I guess as well. Um, but yeah, I think luckily I'm kind of blessed with that sort of um, outlook. Like I've got a creative sort of brain. I'd say like I probably don't go as well with like set tasks and that's why I actually have to plan out my days because I can find myself like easily like procrastinating or doing tasks that are not required to do at a particular time um so yeah I think that's definitely the case with with creative work there's so much research that shows that like when you are getting when there is a lot of pressure with, with time pressure, it sort of takes away from that creativity. Yeah. So within your job, there is a bit of a creative element, but you do have lots to do. I don't know how much work you actually do. Yeah. So is there any, like, talk about that, like making sure that you're not overloaded with works yeah, so that exactly. the quality is still really high? Yeah, so I guess it's comes down to, like, being honest and also, like, using the resources you have. So I think the more that I have worked, so I've got a couple of years' experience now, so makes my work quicker. Um, but also like more efficient so there's nothing worse than like rushing your work and that's something that I've also learned as well so it's just about setting the right amount of time and being realistic with tasks so like if you you get given something that's like actually going to take time you just need to be honest about it so there's no point like heroing and saying you can do this much work and it just gets you burnt out so that would definitely be something that I would pass on if I could is like don't take on more work than you need to just to try and prove yourself, especially if it's you're starting out in the business. Um, yeah, just quality over quantity, I'd say. Talking about all the stuff that you do fit in, so obviously all the gym work that you do, a girlfriend, seeing your mates, and with the nine to five, are there any like tools that you've put in place to help balance these things? Like, yeah, well, I guess in the past I've done, um, like I've been doing journaling and stuff like that, so that's that was helpful. Um, but I'm just not as consistent with it as I would like to be. Um, but yeah, I find like that, that puts me in like a really good like headspace to kind of like tackle the day. So when the, you do your journaling, you've got your. Um, I usually did um, something I'm grateful for, um, something that I was looking forward to in the day, and then a couple of other things as well. Um, so it just puts you in like a really good like headspace to like kind of like tackle the day, um, and then yeah, I feel like that definitely helps with like balance sort of things, and then you don't end up just being burnt out after a day and just being like, oh, I don't want to do anything else, you know. Um, so yeah, have you gone through periods where like because it can be a bit monotonous and you're in the same routine, sort of like yeah. the Matrix, like same thing or like yeah, Groundhog Day, same day, same yeah. day. Are there, are there times where that sort of gotten to you and you're like, fuck, is this, is this all my work's like ever going to be? I do um, feel that sometimes like each day merges into each other. <laughs> so sometimes like the time will just fly like this year, like just thinking about like we haven't had a time period where we weren't flat out, like real busy. And it's just kind of felt like that each day is like merging into each other, <laughs> which is kind of like a funny thing to think of. And I... Recently, kind of came to me that you see people that work the same job for like 20 years and you think, how can they do that? 
and it's because like the time flies so quick so I can feel that once you're in like a nine to five job and you're comfortable you can easily just become like comfortable which is not also always a good thing so in terms of like self-growth and development the comfort's probably like you're not your best friend in terms of that so um you just uh, I think it's easy to fall into that category of just going through the motions each day um so that's why I think comes back to like the journaling and stuff like that keeping yourself accountable and doing something each day to make sure that it's not just becoming monotonous and it's like you're not just letting each day flow into each other um and they're not losing track of your time and just um taking it all for granted obviously self-growth is really important for you so do you have any like tools that you put into place anything like do you visualize like okay this is the tate robertson i'm sort of trying to aspire to like these are the steps i can take to get here and improve my creative work or like we said it is really like repetitive so Mm. do you sometimes sort of lose that internal drive to keep on improving because it is like you like i said you've been flat out the whole year so sometimes when you're so overloaded with work you sort of lose like the purpose so you went in with to a job and you're like okay like i'm gonna get experience i'm gonna improve but then over time it slowly drifts into like i've just got to get the work done Mm. not i'm someone who improves and wants to get something out of this experience i just have to get the work done so i can get paid and go home yeah um is there any how do you sort of um connect with the reason that you went in with the job when you know you do get overloaded with work um i'd say i can stay basically it's like over time so you went into your job and you and I think you went into people going to work, you're like, hey, it's going to be a good experience. I'm, I'm sure this is what you thought, like a good experience where I can improve my um, creativity, I can improve my work, I can improve my value. Like as a commodity, you can become better yeah, with the yeah. work, right? Yeah. So then over time when you get into the work, you sort of like we said, get complacent, you lose sort of the purpose of why you're there yeah, because you get so into that cycle. It's yeah. sort of like the whole Groundhog Day yeah, and you sort of, become disconnected from your why and maybe that's part of the reason that everyone becomes so um unhappy with their jobs just because the reason they went yeah. into the job is not why they wake up and do the job yeah. it changes so how do you sort of connect with that sort of tate robertson that first started his job and really was motivated to get the most out of his experience yeah i, I think i just always that's just part, kind of part of my personality is like i always just want to get better always want to improve like whatever i'm doing just want to be the the best that I can at whatever it is, whether that's footy in the gym. It just, I think it comes down to like just overall like competitiveness. And I think that's actually kind of important in business as well. Um, so yeah, that I, I just don't feel like that I'm always, I don't, I'm not at that point where I'm just comfortable with what I'm doing. So like I might enjoy the work, but I'm not at a point where I'm just thinking, oh, I need to just get through the day. Um, I've still got in the back of my mind like what I want to achieve um, and where I want to be in the future. Um, so yeah, I've always had like aspirations to have like my own business. So that's kind of something that I always have in the back of my mind is that's what I'm working towards. Um, so yeah, I've got that kind of in the back of my head always. Um, but yeah, like, I think everything, all the experiences that you get under your belt, are always going to better equip you for that, that situation. So. 
that would be something that I definitely use as like my why sort of. When you do have that sort of vision, like Tate Robertson, business owner, and you have that somewhere in the back of your mind, how do you sort of make sure that that becomes a realisation? Because a lot of people in their jobs, I'm sure, who are 80 years old, if they had all these dreams, they started yeah. out jobs. And does that ever worry that like, okay, and am I really going to do this? Or are you so confident like, okay, one day I'm going to do it, but is that day going to come? Or you yeah. started to put in a few things and like I, I know that you're really motivated, but I feel like this could be a trap that people do get into. Yeah. Like I'll be this business owner one day and then the stresses of life come. Yeah, I guess it comes down to like putting an end date on your goals. So some people might have like a five-year plan or something. Like I don't really have anything like that, but um, it does kind of terrify me like not reaching or like doing the things that you want to do with your life. Like um, I'm sure that's the same with like a lot of people. So I think it's kind of that fear that will probably drive me. And obviously there's the saying like when it's scary to jump, that's when you jump. So yeah. That's how I'm going to know eventually, like when it's the right time to do that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, um, I don't know when that will be. I'm happy with where I'm working at the moment and getting experience under my belt because obviously I'm 21 years old. So it's a a point that will be like down the line. It might be five years. It might be 10 years, you know. But end of the day, you're going to work for a long time and all the connections that you make, all the things you learn, like, it will all end up hopefully meaning something. Exactly. Do you sort of, like when you make decisions about your work, your life and your career, do you have like a framework that you make decisions around? So like for me, like I said, you said, I think I live a lot of my life out um, around like fear, like fear of not realising my potential. And you sort of alluded to that then. Yeah. And I sort of think, okay, when... And it's not because I'm trying to disconnect from the present, but it's like when I'm 80, I don't want to regret the life I lived. Yeah. I don't want to regret that I didn't give everything a full crack. Yeah. Um, and sort of how do you see... Do you plan much for the future? Do you think, okay, for the next couple of years, I'm setting... This is like the foundations and this is what I do. Because a lot of our young audience are probably thinking like, okay, um, okay, I gotta, I'm doing this job. I don't know, like, I don't know how to set my life up. Yeah. How far ahead do you look? Because, like I said, I can only t- comment on myself, and I'm pretty present, so I don't think too far ahead. But it is important to have sort of, like, you might. It's good to have like sort of a destination. Yeah. Um, in mind, like, aspire to be like this, but sort of not being too fixated on like, okay, this is the road I've got to take to get there. There's there's still many roads you can take along the way to sort of get to yeah. an ambitious version of yourself yeah i'd say like i don't have set future plans because i'm pretty committed to like the team I'm working in like as i alluded to earlier it's really strong team that we've built at id athletics so i think like the, the path that we're on with that is really encouraging and it's something that also keeps me going is the vision that we actually have for our company so it's very fast growing small business um which is really exciting and there's aspirations to move it um australia wide so it's really exciting to be on the journey with that um so yeah that's definitely something that keeps me going um the long-term sort of things um but yeah i'd say don't really have any set plans but i do use like the end point marker as the 
own own business sort of thing that kind of keeps me like going because I feel like if I didn't have something to look forward to like in the future like you could easily end up just going down the mundane path of this is the same thing and then you'd probably just get sick of the work you're doing and end up moving something somewhere else like obviously people always have their doubts and like sometimes I think oh I want to go back to uni like even like I still have like dreams about being in high school like at night like I still think that I'm at school like it's kind of funny but I don't know if that means that I need to to go back and study or whatever but um yeah I think just having the end point goal and then kind of using that as something that's that's going to keep you on the right track going into this full-time work what has sort of the work experience taught you that school can't teach you because I feel like there's a lot of ignorance when you're in high school I'll, I'll yeah. plead guilty to this like exactly. you're 18 years old you think you know what you want to do like I thought I was going down a different path you feel like you got your life figured out yeah but it's almost the people who are most adaptable and, f- and flexible with their lives actually end coming out on top because they're willing to be wrong and willing to put their ego aside yeah. and learn from life there's a lot of people 18 fresh out of school the, the ego's there already because maybe they've done well in school, they were popular, yeah. and they and they don't get anywhere because they almost hold themselves back. So mm. what has the work experience taught you? And So it's probably good and bad things. So when I finished high school, I was I had no idea what I wanted to do, so I kind of fell into like just uni, the, the trap that kind of everyone ends up doing, which is they just go to uni because they want to get a degree and I think that's going to be beneficial. Um and then um, I was glad that like, because I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do, I was able to just take an opportunity that came that was interested in me and then it's kind of just flown into hopefully a career progression. Um, but in terms of things that school didn't really teach, I, I just feel like for some people, like they just go through the motions with school and like if, if you've, you've got like a bit of intelligence and you, you, you're getting by with the 70s and you're just happy with like a B c grade sort of thing um it can be school yeah you can cruise you can end up cruising through a bit um so the thing that i would say that i've learned from from work is just um like just applying self and um making like this the time management sort of things i didn't really have with school um and also procrastinating like i'm definitely guilty of being a person that was like leaving their the assignments and stuff to the last minute, um, not studying till the night before the test and stuff like that. Um, but then you realise when you're at work, like, that doesn't really cut it. You've got to be prepared. So, like, preparation is key and that's what holds you in good stead and keeps you at, like, a good standard. So I think preparing well, whether that's, like, for a meeting, for whatever it ends up being, um, preparing well is definitely something that I've learnt more from like work and just being thrown into the deep end rather than um like the structured school sort of thing um like when you, well, I guess high school you've kind of got a bit more structure than uni so uni you kind of just get thrown in the deep end as well so, and then your your bad study habits get shown off as well um so yeah similar sort of thing um and I would say that's definitely something I have learnt I feel like something I see in high school period versus now is a lot of the people who were sort of socially, um, you know, popular, a lot of them sort of put value into themselves because they were recognised as, like, popular and they thought that they were 
they, fit, they were just entitled to this value without having to put in work, you know what I mean? Like they were just the popular guys, whether yeah. that was related to sports or anything like that. And then when it transitions out into the real world, they almost don't realise that you're not just given things. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are just like, all right, I was popular in high school, why am I not a millionaire? And yeah, having the dreams that I want, where you see, I see a lot of the people who were, who had to put in so much work in high school were committed to their studies and sort of saw the value in hard work and discipline. Yeah. Yep. You see them come out on top? Yeah, exactly. Like I think as a, you get to year 12, and you kind of see the hard work that you need to do. Um, but yeah, you just got to, it just shows that like applying yourself actually means something. And the people that did work so well were the ones that put in the work over a consistent period of time. They're not the ones that were studying two days before the test. They were studying two weeks before the test. They were staying on top of all their content, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously that does flow well into high school. I mean, into work, um, to full-time work. Um, but, yeah, for those that didn't, like, I'm not saying I didn't apply myself at school. Like, I still put in effort. Um, it's just that... You don't realise... Yeah, the time management sort of thing is something that's so important. You don't realise... This is what saying I started to realise. You don't actually realise what how much harder you can work until you actually work harder. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's definitely the point I was trying to, <laughs> trying to get to. Because a lot of us, and this is the thing I, I really... You think that the effort that you put in was really, like, really good. Like exactly. me in year 12, I was thinking, oh, I worked so hard, but then you didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> and, to, and it's just we, we tell ourselves, oh, we're working hard. Yeah. But our baseline, our limits get pushed so much higher once we actually do it. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are like, Oh, the nine to five. I've got no time for gym. Oh, reading books at night. Like, I can't read 10 pages. And I'm fucking exhausted from my work. Yeah. And it's like, I understand, I sympathize because you're tired, but I still think that's in the long run, that's just a bullshit excuse. Because yeah. at the end of the day, there's so much time. And a lot of it is because we don't work hard enough. And even when we do work, are we really working? There's yeah. a lot of, and I'd be interested to hear your take on this. Like, how much do you consider about time on task because there's a lot of people like for me this is a big one like with my phone it's like okay i've been at my desk for two hours but how much of that was time on task and i'm being engaged and there's a lot of studies to talk about the flow state and being able to get into a creative um, in sync with the activity you're doing and being engaged and if you keep getting these sort of dopamine um, hits and these distractions it's sort of it's hard to get in into that flow and be at our opt our mentally our optimal state so do you feel like that's something you consider like how much am i actually working because that's yeah, where i think a lot of yeah. people struggle with with realizing they're not working hard is that they lie to themselves like okay, I'm, I've, I've done like nine hours of work so mm, maybe like two hours of actual work yeah yeah well I'm, i'd say i'm i'm not someone that's works the full nine hours without stopping like i'm definitely someone that goes for has a little scroll on their phone um and that that ends up happening for me, like when I'm like overwhelmed and I've got like a lot of pressure on me, I'll just have like a little scroll and I'm like, I know in my head, I'm like, oh, why are you doing this? Like it's, it ends up just coming down to procrastination. Um, so yeah, when, when you can kick that out is when you get your most work done. Um, and then I think like it's just important to actually just acknowledge that in yourself. Um, like when you're doing that, that that's not the right thing to be doing and it's not actually achieving anything. Um Something that I kind of like use in my head is like a little phrase, like delay breeds danger. Um, so it's like a little procrastination thing that I kind of have in my head. Um, obviously, yeah, longer that you leave a task, the more 
problems it's going to cause in the longer term. So I, I'm guilty. I've got like things I'm thinking about now that I haven't done like at work that I need to get sorted. Um, so yeah, like it's probably a, like a long term sort of thing with like procrastination um, for me. Um, but yeah, well once once like the right things are put into place, it makes it like a lot easier to not procrastinate because you can keep yourself accountable. Um, so yeah, how do you make sure that you don't bring the stresses of a nine to five home? Because like obviously yeah. you got a lot of and okay, firstly you're not the business owner, so it's yeah. understandable in the sense, but there are a lot of things you have to do. There are responsibilities that you um are are, in, are given. There are things you have to do. There is work that's still, you know. Like you said, days start to overlap. There's work from the previous day. How yeah. do you – is that important for you to disengage straight away as soon as you walk out the door, okay, I'm leaving all the stresses and things there? Or does sometimes it play on your mind? I think I've gotten better at that because the good thing about – like it's it's a good – there's good and bad side of it because the team that we're in, I know that everyone that's in the team is committed to like outside of work hours, that they're, they're going to do the best thing for the company, the best thing for the client – even if it's like requires a little bit of overtime or work or whatever it requ- ends up requiring, but it does end up being um, something that plays on your mind outside of work, um, and it's just like I think I've improved at it because I've just been able to do the required work, um, be more organised, and so then it doesn't end up being like an anxious thing that eats on your mind outside of work. So I do think it's probably the right thing is to. Just have your time, you finish work, like just relax and do things that like are really important to you, like your exercise and stuff like that that gives you the balance required because otherwise if you're just thinking about your work the whole time, that's when you're going to burn out and it's just eventual, Um, especially with someone that's not actually the owner of the business. Like as I was saying, the people that we work with, like they, they all, I feel like we all have like that kind of, that we have like a share in the business, but like obviously we're just getting paid like a, a salary, but it's just a, like a testament to like um, the sort of environment that's been created is that everyone feels like they're there, got something that they need to do and like be held accountable for. Um, so I think yeah, that accountability is really good. Um, but yeah, I guess it ends up being a balance. So you don't want to take it home with you like necessarily. Um, so, but yeah, accountability is a good thing too. So is that teamwork really important? Because I feel like if you're in work and like nine to five, okay, you're giving 40 hours of your week. That's a huge yeah. part of your week. And if all the people around you, you're like, okay, they're not even really giving a fuck. They don't try. But if you see everyone around you working hard, it becomes this standard. And you're like, yeah. okay, like it almost makes... A good it, environment is it, infectious. It makes the work feel meaningful because yeah. you're like, everyone's engaged. Whereas if you saw people like slacking off being lazy, it almost, it makes you think, okay, what am I actually doing yeah. with my time? It's just like, yeah, good. when good standards get set across the board, like when you come into to work um, and you see like the hard work being put in, like it's infectious, so... It come, I guess it comes from the top of the business. Like obviously, Glenn, the business owner, he's a very hard worker, um, so that he sets a good standard for everyone else. Um, and that's yeah, that's definitely something that I think makes it a meaningful work environment is the people you work with. Um, so yeah, if if I was at a place that, that didn't have that, then you definitely become disenfranchised. You wouldn't want to put in the extra work. You wouldn't have that accountability. I don't think. I feel like something I struggle with with having a lot of time on my hands 
is like, okay, is the mind, like the hamster wheel that goes in my mind. It's like, oh, do I do this now? Do I do this now? Like not having that structure. So do you think some of the advantages of having a nine to five is the fact that, okay, nine to five, I'm working. Yeah. And then it's like plan the things around. For me, it's like there's weight, there's, so, there's an, a million combinations I could have. So I need to be more organized and set some structure because the fact that I have freedom, freedom actually limits you more than you think. People mm. think, oh, freedom, I can do whatever I want. But then you end up doing nothing procrastinating. So do you think that's one of the main advantages of a nine to five? So outside of work, the structure's good. So it means that you, you've got set times that you go to the gym, you see your girlfriend, you hang out with your friends really. But then I guess the same problem that you're speaking of, like the freedom, ends up can also come into your work. So that's a problem I kind of have. Like it's there's no one's really telling me what to do when. So it comes down to you prioritizing the tasks. So you might have like ten things to do. Um, so, but you need to. That's why you need a plan because if you don't, then you're just going to float through the day, and you're going to have oh I'll do this then, and you just become really reactive. Um, and yeah, you just want to get out of that sort of frame. I think just the proactivity is something that is also really important as well. So I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm always in this like yeah, no, don't have perfect to proactive mind frame. Like I'm obviously very reactive because like there's pressure, there's things that needs to get done at certain times. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something. Something I find, and I'm sure you know this because I always come to you with ideas, and something I'm trying to really narrow myself down to is is the opportunities are disguised. Sorry, I, I can't I fuck this quote up. But um, opportunities <coughs> are disguised as easy distractions or something. I can't even fucking remember it. But it's basically the fact that you see opportunities and someone like me, I've got so much things I could be doing. It's like you see opportunities and in reality they're just it's just more procrastination it's not doing the things okay like for me it's like what do i actually want to do for me it's it i'll be it's this podcast it's making this thing successful it's making the brooko mode thing successful but in my head it's like fuck to be successful it's repeating similar actions over time it's doing episodes it's making reels it's doing the same thing over and over and over and in my head it's like oh like surely there's an easier way but other opportunities, they always seem better on the surface because, yeah. and to be successful, a lot of the time it's just the same things over and over, hammering it away. Episode 32, like if, like, and it's already gotten so far, but it's like sometimes it can, you just want to be at that point already and you're yeah. like, but in reality, that's not really how life works. Yeah. So well, do you yeah. see that with, yeah, I guess you, sh- you should be, you should try to just lo- love the process, I think, but. Because if you're not going to love the journey, then why you, why you want it? So I think that would be the, what I'd say in response to like promo sort of thing. But from my perspective as well, um, yeah, Rome's not building a day, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but I think for me, the reason that it does not stress me, but is the fact that if I want to make it a th- like <coughs> a thing I keep doing, it's like I'm, I'm trying to eventually make it something where it can provide income so that I can dedicate my time to it. Yep. So I think that's where like, I'm sure people who do their own projects and stuff like this is probably the hardest thing. It's like, when am I going to see the results? Like, And, yeah. and when I talk about results, I mean money so that you can keep doing it. Yeah. Um, not in the sense that, you know, outside of money, the reward I feel just from helping others, providing valuable content and the message I receive, it's just, it's unrivaled feeling. Yep. 
but I know long term if this is saying I want to do like some external things have to come like in the yeah. future I'm gonna have to have money like and I think that's where the stress can get into people who do like sort of that freelance work yeah um and do that and they aren't li- like working for someone and they're trying to make it out for themselves and it can be really like it can be, because I'm sure people are listening like okay it's good to hear from Tate but like what if I want to do my own thing and for me, I'm I haven't I'm not I'm not externally successful because I don't have I'm not earning. This is not my full time. This is not yeah. a job. Like where I'm yeah. not earning money from it, yeah. but I want it to be eventually. But it's like this is the fucking. I'm in the, in the. If we expand the time horizon, we look back on this episode in five years. We might we might laugh, but I'm I'm probably at the lowest point in terms of like the fact that not earning money from it, but I'm still putting all this time into it. Yeah. But my only advice would be I can't give advice from the perspective, but. If you don't have a crack, how are you actually ever going to know? Yeah, yeah. If you know I what I mean? That's, yeah. You've always, you're always going to have, like, this. it's just always going to eat away at the back of you. It's like, oh, will this be such successful? But then I guess you've just got to come down to, like, everything that you do with it is always going to hold you in good stead. For It might say Brooklyn doesn't work out. You might have something else that does down the line. Mm. And then you're always networking with people as well, so... The work works on you more than you work on it. Yeah, exactly. So it's a journey. It's all about like the journey and like what what you're actually doing, Um, not about like the end goal. Because yeah, you mean so many people, um, and yeah, it's not what you know. You just learn how to work hard, how to do all these things. So my advice would be, even if it doesn't work out, how much have you learned? A lot. Like even if Brooklyn all social media bang destroyed. Okay, it would fucking hurt because um, it's still steps in yeah. place. But I've learned so much about myself. I've created new limits. Like there's nights where I'm, I'm like at night not watching Netflix. I'm editing stuff because I fucking enjoy it. Yeah. But like you learn, I think in this whole period, even because my work is a lot of self-development work yeah. too. So I've learned new standards, new limits. And the work you put into yourself is is never going to be lost. So that's that's my advice would be, okay, yes, so, it, same. it's not externally successful, but internally it is so successful already. And that's yeah. that's the main thing. Well, like I, if I think back to the first episode and like the skills that you had then, like you've definitely grown a lot as a person since then. So, um, yeah, it just comes down to like what personally you put into it and then you're going to get exactly what you put in out as well. So it's always going to be something that you think about um, but yeah, long term, it's going to put you in good stead. Like the, the habits and stuff you're putting in place, and the work and the skills that you're learning, um, they're definitely going to be transferable to what if it ends up happening in the future. Yeah, the the story I think back to is Alex Formosi. I always quote him because I just love how he's sort of um, some of the stuff that he says because it's um, so practical and simple. And one of the things he talks about through his story was the fact that. He's, he was like slaving away at this, um, he was opening his own gym, doing all this fucking tireless work, sleeping in his gym and w- built it up over a long period of time, five years. And then he got like $5 million, put all his eggs into one basket. Uh, long story short, it went completely like bankrupt because his person filed bankruptcy with yeah. all his money. So then all this work he'd done, he'd got nothing, nothing to show for it on the external sense. Yeah. But in the next year, he'd made more money than the last five years, hmm. times 10, apparently. Yeah. So because he'd, he'd learnt so much, and that's like always yeah. talking about. So that's like the inspiring thing I think about. Okay, it's like, even if this was to cease today, fuck, how much have I learnt? But that's exactly. sort of... Exactly, and it's all like a, 
um, I can attitude that you have to it as well. Like it all comes down to like mindset as well. Because he, he and you like in the, the case that it doesn't work out, like you can easily just be like, oh, fuck, it hasn't worked out. Now Victim what? mentality. Yeah, exactly. Now I've, I'm cooked, I've got no money or whatever. But then if you just have like a good mindset around it, you're going to turn it into something good. You've, you can realise like the skills that you have um, and then, yeah, turn into something that's actually going to be beneficial and successful. That's the thing I love about the mindset because nothing that actually happens to you in this world has meaning. And I don't think – people don't understand that. They just think something that happens, then their mind, their ego, everything like attaches like something to it, a meaning to it, yep. a perception to it based off their life, their experience – all these things, and they think that the thought they have straight away, the emotion that they feel, is just how it should be. Yeah. But the whole thing I talk about with mindset is changing a situation um, and trying to interpret it in a different way because a lot of the time the automatic thoughts and feelings we have stem from insecurities, this lacking mindset, this, this in it, you know, all these little traumas and um, insecurities that we've dealt with our life, a lot of the little things we have deal back to them. So if I'm s- dealt with a setback... It's always oh that that's like oh you you'll never be good enough that that's this insecurity I had when I was a bit younger yeah and it's these sort of like inner wounds and traumas that we have that we're constantly in our life trying to work work over but it's like that's not being present with the situation and I feel like I'm reading a book now called The Power of Now and being totally present and it was interesting because you think back to all the things that you've done and you think oh that happened in the past right yeah it actually didn't it happened in the now. Yeah, but it was it was a different time, yeah. and I used, and I look back and I'm like, fuck, that's amazing because you look back and you always a lot of people are like have this victim mindset, like oh, that's like I'll never be enough or life life just hates me that that sort of thing. Yeah, but they don't realize how much control that they actually have over their life. So coming circling this back to the nine to five, it's like if you want to do what you want to do, you can. It's just the fact that we've been disillusioned to think that we have to because of the past we're on this journey that we have to stick to it yeah because you can control everything that happens in your day you can you can suddenly go off in a different direction you can throw your eggs into one bucket do whatever you want take life on but it's the fact that we have this time illusion where we think okay this is where my life has been this is where i can my mind projects my life going that means i'll take the easy comfortable complacent road and there's a thing called the region beta paradox which i spoke to you about a lot of us are in jobs that we like, um, sorry, that are good, but yep. they're not good enough. They're, we want more, we want better. They're yeah, not, stuck in the mediocrity. They're, yeah, exactly. They're not shit enough for us to leave. Mm. Like, like I said to you, like, we don't hate our boss, but we don't really like him. Mm. We, we find our work sort of interesting, but fuck, it's not really my passion and my dreams. Yeah. So it's comfortable to just sit, it's be complacent. It's almost not shit enough. That's why it's almost better for the work to be fucking shit and terrible because then you're like, okay, this is actually fucking shit. Yeah, I want to leave. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's also something that I think we hashed on earlier. Like, it will end up being something that you're always, like, at the back of your mind that, like, kind of, like, scares you. It's that you don't want to just end up falling in trap or doing something for 30 years that meant nothing to you, you know? So I think, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> if it ever comes to that point, I'll not... I'll make just sure. I'll make sure, buddy. Don't just worry. Just stay with it. You're lucky so, you yeah, got me here and you're exactly. fucking here all the time. All right. So this another interesting point because I always talk about the link between mental health and physical health and how exercise helps put us in a right frame of mind. And you're someone who 
um, does a lot of training and you do a lot of training in the morning before work. And a lot of people, oh, it's like they go through their work and they're tired then they don't exercise. How powerful do you feel like it is to exercise before work? And Because I feel like I talk about the mind and stuff and everything we experience is is basically meaningless. But if we put ourselves in a positive state of mind, some sometimes do you feel like you are more engaged with the work, If everything feels better because your mind, everything you filter after the exercise is in a more positive state. Yeah, I'd say I'd, my work colleagues would probably agree. Like when I come up in the stairs in the morning, you'd be able to tell how I am in the day. And I'd say probably nine out of ten times that I've actually um, like been to the gym, gone for a run, done something in the morning that's actually like constructive. I've turned up like a lot happier person, I'd say. It's not just like so oh, they can tell yeah, when you. Yeah. They can tell when I re- you have I reckon exercise. I could be. I could be wrong, um, but I feel like yeah, it definitely plays a part, in, and and I, I think it sets you up well for the day. Um, yeah, just I guess just discipline comes down to. Um, but I'm not someone that does it every day. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely have see benefit in doing work in the morning. So then. Like you've got time for things in the afternoon, um, yeah, that's definitely. So the last point I want to touch on is this U.S. study that found that eighty-three percent of employees suffered from some form of work-related stress. That's an incredible number. And my question is, do you feel like you're in in this in this invisible rat race? It just makes me think of that video with the all the rats <laughs> running. <laughs> it's through. a good video. Um, I don't know. Like well, you're always going to get stressed at some point. Like I think having a little bit's good because it means you're just not like comfortable and you're actually challenging yourself. Um, but yeah, like, it just comes within reason. So you don't want to take it home and end up being someone that's just completely obsessed with your work, and especially when you're not like the business owner yourself. So yeah, I'd I'd say like. It's always comes back to just balance, so balance stress with, because like obviously like a little bit, it's gonna just drive you on and like maybe kick you into gear a bit. I think, <laughs> but um, yeah, when it gets to too much of a level, you've just got to speak up. So that's what it's been instilled in me as well. So um, don't just silently drown is how we say it at work. Sometimes is that don't just drown in your work. Like get help, like speak to your teammates. They're gonna help you. They're gonna bring you up. And I, I do want to touch on this quickly because um, I feel like actually like playing a team sport like holds you in like real good stead to to feel like working in like a office, like in in a, in a team environment um, because of that experience. You know, like I, I feel like people that haven't played a sport or like individual sport, they don't like quite get it, um, and they're not like out there to improve the team as much and like build that kind of like infectious environment that we've spoken about. So Yeah, I think it just you must come back to just you learn to that it's not all about you. And yeah, exactly. It's not about you. One last thing I want to touch on. Um a lot of your work is giving to other people. And we talk about, like I said, the rat race, but my whole thing was a lot of people are sort of their work can be meaningless and they feel not purpose. Do you feel like the fact that you're a lot of the work you do is really helpful and you get a lot of positive feedback that, you know, you're, you're doing things for other people. And a quote I like from a book is giving is living. And the fact that a lot of our lives we spend like, like the whole rat race thing is we spend a lot of our lives chasing happiness. And the moment we start thinking that happiness 
is the goal is when we stop is when we're not living because happiness shouldn't be a goal yeah you know what i mean i I give it we should make our lives purposeful and meaningful and it's just our existence should be happy because we're fucking it's probably one in a trillion that we actually are here yeah in this fucking planet so do you feel like the fact that a lot of your work is for the benefit of other people that it makes it more meaningful yeah yeah so like all the work like you end up saying a lot of your work as well so it's it's cool when you you make something like you design a cool uniform you see it out people like like it and they're enjoying it and, and yeah like for example like what the waffle grand final yesterday and i like, just saw like so much ideathetic stuff there like and stuff that like I've, i worked on as well so it's like kind of rewarding to see that um and then yeah when teams are wearing jumpers that i designed and Stuff like that, like I, that's something that I do get like reward out of. Like I do enjoy seeing my work out there, um, and that's something that keeps me going as well. Um, yeah, seeing people wear it and stuff like that, it's like wow, it's kind of cool. Like, and another one that I can kind of think of was that I had work on was um, Goldfields Giants NBL one kits. So I've been doing a bit more of the NBL one stuff recently. Um, and yeah, just seeing that out on the court and like the feedback that everyone got on it was really cool. Like we were just working with the Indigenous artists on that one and then kind of just like piecing it together with them into like a really cool design um, that, yeah, that had like really good feedback from the community. So I think that's something that definitely keeps me going in the work is that like the community feedback and yeah. like helping build like building a team's identity, yeah. I guess. So it comes yeah. down to the moral of the business or like the quote that we kind of use, build your identity. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Touching back on the point you talked about stress and just for the just more for the audience just to understand is one of the – I talk about the flow state, which is where you're basically engaged with your work so that you sort of lose – your mind sort of forgets about the past, forgets about the future. You're really present. That's people don't realize that's flow state. That's being in the moment. That's yeah. it's because your mind is so focused on the task. And one of the prerequisites for flow state is um, an optimal amount of stress. Like it's called internal arousal. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's like this anxiety feeling we have. Like it might be oh I've got so much work to do, but it's that balance between not too much work where it's overwhelming, but not like fuck all work yeah. where it's like it's not enough. So it, it's a mount where it's like, so I talk about this with footy, right? So I think that needs to come internally though, because people end up getting to that like arousal level when it's like the last minute they leave, they've left it to the last minute. It's an assignment. It's a test mm. that they've left to the, like to do that the last minute. It's like, Oh wow. Then they get that little surge going through them. But like when, when you can get that like internally, like I think that's, that's the exactly. That's where you can sort of, shape Not your vi- the time frame exactly yeah. shape your vision of who you want to be yeah um and all this all stress all this stuff so much of it is shaped by our internal our own mind yeah so if you can sort of this is so it's a skill that i'm still learning it's like how can i put my mind where it's like i'm not overwhelming myself but like i'm in a state where i'm like chasing like a better version of myself each moment because i've got that fine-tuned balance between um not being complacent with who I am and, and the image of myself and, and the sort of the athlete or the Brooklyn whatever I want to be versus being too like, oh, I'm not who I want to be and just not staying in the moment because the moment you're not in the moment, um, you sort of lose that flow state and you lose your ability to actually improve because you're so preoccupied by what you're not rather than what you can be if, yep. you, if you stick to what you're doing. 
All right, that's um, that's that wraps up that episode. But um, yeah, it's good to get get you back on to the podcast. Enjoyed it, mate. It was a different sort of um chat to last time. We were talking a lot more footy and a bit more about me last time. But yeah, no, it's good to like kind of share some things that like I guess I've sort of learned, but like I'm not going to claim that I know any of this stuff. Like it's all like a journey, so it's kind of cool. I like going on the podcast because it's kind of just documents like my frame of mind at this time so like i'm looking forward to listening to this in five years yeah. <laughs> and uh, cringing at what i'm talking about right now ah it's all right at the end of the day i think the fact is we do get a bit seduced by just li- listening to experts and all these people who have it figured yeah. out but a lot of the time these i guess this is makes it real though like it's exactly this is the whole and we're just learning that's <laughs> the whole authentic nature of the podcast it's yeah learning from people and, and just the power of reflection because a lot of us do live and if you're listening right now a lot of us are just in our own bubble in our own lives and it's a repetitive cycle we we don't stop to think and that's part of the whole thing it's having an taking an hour out of my day twice a week have an episode have a chat with someone and sort of reflect and learn and grow because a lot of us don't have these conversations even though we do have the time we yeah. we see our friends all the time we see we, we spend our time at night listening to Netflix, but we never stop and think, okay, like what journey am I going on? Like how yeah. can I make it more meaningful? That, that's the whole the point of this sort of these chats. And yeah, it'd be great to listen to it again in the future, but I'm sure you'll be back on so you'll have more episodes to cringe at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the future. But, um, Enjoyed it though. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And keen to hear feedback and I'll see you in episode 33. So cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.